This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Today, we want to talk about how do we become uncopyable? What's very interesting to me about this whole topic, I'm going to throw up the book here. Steve Miller is joining me on the show, is for our entire lives, as I said on my YouTube short, we are told to be better, 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 be better, just slightly better. But maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe what you have to become is uncopyable. So just a couple of reminders. We are live on Amazon. I see people are tuning in. Really appreciate it. Everything around me, not the Hawkeye football helmet, but everything else you can buy. Those sound panels, that fake plane, which I still think looks kind of nice. Um, and that's kind of cool. Thumbs up. Um, that everything you can see around me, you can buy on Amazon. Scan the code over here for Steve's book. And you can get your own copy and um, learn how to do it. But let's find out more about what inspired him writing this book. Why is it so hard for brands? Or maybe it's not. And how do you become uncopyable? Steve, welcome to the show. Christoph, thank you very much. Yeah, boom. Nice to see you. Always, uh, Steve is a fellow podcaster. I listen to the show. It shows up in my feed. And I really appreciate you making the time. So tell me, I mean, I found the book. Very insightful, very interesting, uh, lots to learn right there. Uh, but what prompted you writing the book to begin with? Um, well, uh, thank you, Christoph. I mean, before I before I answer that question, I want to say that thank you so much for having me on, on the show. I have listened to several of, of the episodes that you've had. You are an, a, an awesome interviewer. And anybody who wants to be a podcaster, I think, could learn a lot from uh, li listening to you. And I also appreciate you doing that that uh, uh, YouTube short uh, about my book. But your question about why did I write this or how did I you know, learn about this stuff? Um, you know, if you go way back <laughs> into the 60s, 1960s, I started, you know, obviously showing how old I am. Um, my father was the uh, co-inventor of the eight-track tape player. And um, his partner, actually the founder of Learjet, uh, Bill Lear, uh, uh, his, his founder and my dad uh, um, ultimately decided to manufacture the product in Japan because they had a difficult time um, affording the labor in the United, United States. But over in Japan, back in those days, you know, the, making something in Japan really was not known for high quality stuff. Uh, and so they brought a guy in who was doing some work with some companies over there, most notably later on Toyota, a guy named uh, W. Edwards Deming, who was a, kind of the, um, a management theorist and father of the total quality uh, program. And as a kid, as a young teenager, my dad thought it would be really, really cool to drag me along on uh, trips where I would have to hang out with uh, these three old men. And, uh, you know, not really something that a teenage boy wants to do, but that's what he did. And so I got to, you know, I did get to spend some time with Deming and, um, and I'm, I'm going to be, you know, totally honest. I don't remember everything that he talked about, obviously. Um, but things started to connect later on, uh, to a thing that he called, uh, benchmarking. And, uh, he said that benchmarking, which is one of the 
main foundations of the total quality management program. Benchmarking is, uh, the, the objective is to observe correct behavior and then emulate within your own context. But there are two types of benchmarking that he, he described. One is intrinsic, which means that you benchmark within your industry. You benchmark competitors, you benchmark other, other companies that are within your world. So if you're in the boating world, you would benchmark all the other companies in the boating world, the manufacturers, the retailers, the dealers, I mean, everybody like that. Uh, and that's that's essentially, you know, he he explained, hey, that's the box everybody says that we're in is the is our world. Right. He said. And and if all you do is study everybody in your community and then take ideas from them. Well, for the most part, you're not you're not coming up with new ideas. All right. You're not getting new ideas from them. And what you'll what you typically do, like you alluded to earlier, uh, Christoph, was that you would uh, you would actually end up looking at what somebody else is doing. You say, oh, well, we could do that, but better. We could do it better. And uh, uh, and Deming's point was that, well, everybody in your box is doing the same thing. They're all looking at each other. And so you're copying the copiers and you're just making them a little bit better. And, um, uh, and, and that's not going to help, all right? Because it's not a competitive advantage. No, he said that you have to do what he called extrinsic benchmarking. And that is uh, where you go out and you get ideas uh, in other worlds, uh, other boxes, and you bring them back to yours. And the, and the whole purpose being that you find something that is, is being done successfully somewhere else, you bring it back into your industry, and now you have something different. And the purpose of that is, is to get out of that, that, that competition where uh, um, you're just back. You, you, for the most part, you're uh, competing on price, and and so your objective is to separate yourself from the competition. Because ultimately, people don't buy from you because you're similar to the competition; they buy from you because you have something different to offer them. And that's and 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 that was kind of the genesis of of this whole thing of of mine. And ultimately, after many years. Um, you know, the word uncopyable hit me and it's, and, you know, and it resonates really well with everybody. They get it. Okay. Oh I, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be uncopyable. I don't want to be doing something that somebody else can take and just be better at it. Right. So that's a long winded explanation for you, Christoph. No, we like, we like long winded here for sure. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the one thing that, you know, just like, I mean, I said it already a hundred times, I think like people just beat it into you though. Right. You want to be better, be better, be better, be better. I mean, that's kind of like even everything is a competition. And I was thinking as you were talking, especially in my line of work, content strategy, what's better anyways? Like, I'll give you an example. There's some people, maybe they stumble across this podcast, not your episode for sure. And they might go, why do I care about this stuff? This is crap. But there's all kinds of people that disagree, right? Because they listen to it. They watch it on TV. They watch it on social media. So at the end of the day, it also comes down to, you know, how do you measure success? Like, I mean, back in my newspaper world, newspaper days, right? We couldn't measure anything. And then one person called and complained. And all of a sudden, they became the ruler of the opinion of whether right. something was good or bad. But it was one person. Give me a break. Right. So, um Let's dive into how do you actually become uncopyable? Like, what are a few steps you can preview from the book? <laughs> the uh, the first, foremost, simplest thing is it's it, and it, this might sound a little bit crazy, but you look at what everybody else is doing and don't do it. Uh, 
and you and when you look at companies like and like for example i'm i'm working on my next book uh which is going to be about personal branding i'm delivering it actually tomorrow uh to my publisher it's titled uncopyable you uh so it won't be out till next year but in there you know we talk about like steve jobs at apple you know was that one of the thing one of the things that uh you know he he did not want to go he when he when they started apple and started building their their computers they did not want the computers to be like pcs you know they wanted them to be different okay they wanted them to be more user friendly and uh he and steve wozniak and so they looked at what the you know the microsofts and those types of companies were doing and they said no we're going to do the exact opposite we're going to go over here now what how do we find out how to do this stuff and that's where they you know found the uh, uh um, you know where it was uh, um uh, i think it was xerox um was the company that you know had the graphic user interface the gui that uh, uh, they ultimately used to create the mouse and, and stuff like that so i mean there's an example of where they just they were looking what everybody else was doing and then they said, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go. We're going to go over, and we're going to do the exact opposite of of, of them." And uh, uh, and so that's that's kind of a big one. Is is if you you look at what other people are doing, and you look at what's common in your world, and then what you want to do is you want to say, "Okay, what would be the polar opposite of what these people are doing? And uh, is it possible for us to uh, to build a product, to build a business, to build a marketing plan, a customer experience?" That type of thing, uh, and yeah, uh, um, and and a lot of the most successful companies in the world, including Walt Disney, you know, you know, he started because he did not like the amusement parks. You know, I mean, as far as the amusement park side uh, went, he, he didn't like the way they were, so he went and he did the, the exact opposite, and uh, and built uh, Dis Disneyland uh, from that. So look, at, I think I think that's a really good place to start. Uh, is to uh, is is to you know. You know, write down what everybody else is doing and then ask yourself, what would be the polar opposite of that? And is that something that we can do? You know, what's interesting about that comment, and I'm not, I don't disagree at all, is that seems to be exactly what hardly anybody's doing, right? I mean, seriously, everybody goes to competitor research and then they literally just copy it, right? And that's why you see, oh, well, I'm, I, I seem to remember some example, some company um, put stores somewhere and then the competitors put stores right next to them because yeah. they were just like, oh, maybe, I mean, they, looks like it works for them, right? Right. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, um, who in the hotel industry, I mean, I'm asking you this, uh, Christoph, uh, if, if you can answer this, who in the hotel industry uh, created the heavenly bed? Oh, I just read about this. Heavenly, I think, is the share. probably read it in my book. <laughs> I did. Sheridan, right? Marriott. It was Weston Hotels. West, and, you know, sure. and here, here's the thing, you know, they created this bed, which was a better bed than what was all, you know, what was typically in nice hotels like like them and Marriott and the other ones like that, the Hiltons and, and stuff. Um, but they they they, they kind of plussed it a little bit by making it a little, you know, fluffier, a little plush, you know, plusher uh, um, and nicer pillows and stuff like that. And then they called it the heavenly bed. Well, it was wasn't very long after that that every one of the hotel chains had their own type of cool bed, you know, for for you, you know, be beds that were uh, um, sleep number, beds that were, you know, that helped you uh, 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 sleep better at night because they were cooler or something like that. But everybody looked at what they did and they said, 
well, we can do something. We, we can do that and we can do it better. And then we're going to go out and promote our bed. And, that, and so it was, it was the bed wars. And, stuff. and that's what happens in so in so many cases where somebody, you know, somebody comes up with an idea and they start to do it. And every and, and if it if it appears to to work, if it appears to be success, successful, it gets copied. And I keep and people complain about this a lot over the years in my speeches and consulting and stuff. People will say um, it's really common for, for me to hear from people saying, oh, yeah, we came up with this guy idea. Man, our all our competitors copied it. You know, that's, you know, that's terrible of them. <laughs> like you do the same thing, you know, and that's, that's just the way business works. Okay. But if you want to be, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be off the charts successful and really, you know, out, out there, you, you got, you got to do something different. You know, let me tell you, threads is not different, <laughs> right? If you know what I'm talking about, uh, I, you know, threads. I is do, however. So here's what's interesting about that. Threads, right? The social media platform. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not different at all. But you know why a lot of people go to it, including myself, is because we're sick and tired of what X what X is doing, right? We're done with That's X. That's right. We're out of here. Yeah. And I have, you know, I mean, I'm basically walking away from like 60,000 followers or something on Twitter because it's like, or X, because it's yeah. kind of moving I don't it, know where it's moving. I'm not, you know, and and that's why it was. That's why Threads got started. That's why you know Zuckerberg no. started started Threads. You know, which just absolutely skyrocketed in in its opening. You know, no, no, it's 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 coming back down quickly. People are telling most a lot of people are, are just saying to me, hey, you know, what? it's really not that it's not that great. So we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. The thing yeah. I'm worried about, not to go totally totally down this rabbit hole, but on Threads is you know. Is it going to be like Instagram? Is it going to be like Facebook? And those and those algorithms are horrible, in my opinion. Now, let me ask you something. So when it comes to, so how can you be uncopyable? So when I'm thinking about the, the, the hotels or even airlines, right? I mean, I'm thinking when I traveled a lot, I'm like, I would stay in a Marriott or Sheridan. They're not the same, right? But why would I stay there? I would stay there because I have the most points there. I went down that rabbit hole, right, of whatever. And then I'm going to Europe and I still have status with American Airlines. But we bought the seats we bought, right? Like typically we would have gotten upgraded. We just bought business class. It wasn't a horrible deal. But I'm. But the only reason I ended up on American Airlines versus United or Lufthansa or whatever um, to Europe is because they were the cheapest, right? So like yeah. the whole relationship thing kind of went out the window so how i have no idea why that just happened did you see that i think that's cool somebody sent us balloons <laughs> I don't, how did that happen <laughs> i don't know <laughs> congratulations is that what it was that was kind of cool but why, how do we get them back With balloons is that the sign for balloons that was awesome i was doing something like that that's unbelievable Hey, okay. that is very, very cool. Well, like, well, to respond to that, you know, yes. first of all, we have all fallen for the frequent prisoner programs. Okay. You know, uh, and that's what I call them because like on American Airlines, you say American Airlines. Okay. I have over 6 million miles on American Airlines alone. Okay. Which means I am trapped in their program. Okay. I, I literally can't leave. Now, other airlines, you know, they'll promise me something. They'll say, oh, we want you, you know, for, you know, but I'm like, you know, no, I'm already, I'm stuck. I'm I'm stuck with these guys. I'm not happy about it, but I'm stuck with these guys. Because as you well know, Christoph, you know, I mean, when I first started doing this, uh, you know, my, 
collecting frequent flyer miles was back what started in 1982 or 1992 something like that uh yep. and um you know and and back then man you were you were treated like royalty you were totally treated like like royalty i was one of the top 12 flyers for american one year and they took the top 12 people for one week of golf in great britain flew us all over their first class international they put us up they took us around. Everything was everything was free, you know, because we were we were their top twelve flyers. And I still remember sitting in one of the pubs with these other people, you know. And of course, and of course, we all had we had camaraderie, right? Uh, and and one of the guys, one of the guys says, "Hey, um, I'm just curious. Uh, um, what do you? How do you guys feel about about this being one of the top 12? And to a person in that room, every single person said said, "I have no interest in being in the top twelve program next year." You know, because, you know, fly that, that kind of flying, you're a sick person if you like it. You really are. And I'm talking to you, George Walther. He knows who I'm talking to. And uh, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, anyway, now I'm on a rant. You got me on a rant okay. about these. All right. Bringing you back. What's the visual effect here? What's happening when I do this? Okay. Um, so I think it's actually kind of addictive, to be honest, when you travel that much. But Anyway, I'm a recovering um, travelaholic, um, so I know we're going to be running out of time here before we know it. Uh, a yep. great discussion, Steve. Really appreciate it. But let's talk about in today's world, how can you build? I mean, anybody can start a brand in like seconds, right? I mean, you can become an Amazon influencer. You can sell stuff on Amazon. Doesn't even have to be any good. I know Amazon is trying to get that under control. But, you know, I mean, you can just become whatever you want to become. So how do you become uncopyable in today's world where it's, in theory, so much easier just to launch and go? Well, uh, if you're talking about uh, from people or f people in companies, you know, a little a little bit different. Um, one of the big problems today in today's world is that technology has commoditized everything. It, you know, like, like you just said, if somebody wants to start a store on Amazon, it's it's now an Amazon store. They can put whatever products they want to go in there and then they can go out and promote them and, and and do that type of stuff. But what makes them different? Why do people follow Mr. Beast, for example, uh, on, on YouTube? Why? Well, because Mr. Beast, it's not just that he does really wild and crazy things, but from the very beginning of when he started doing all this stuff, you know, he made it very clear that his his number one goal was to help people and to try to uh, raise money to help other people. And and he he enjoyed he enjoys giving money away and he, by doing these stunts and these uh, projects that he has uh, where he's giving money away. He is making a lot. Okay. But it's, but it's not based on the product. It's based on his personality. It's based on the story. Now you, you know, you're, you talk about storytelling, which I love. Storytelling is great for creating a, a, a branding promise, a, a promise is you make a promise to people of, who you are, what you represent, what your values are, what your rules in life are, and then, and then you share all that stuff, and then you, and then you have stories that are proof positive of what uh, uh, that that you are who you say you are. And if your story 
resonate. And some some people are going to go, I love that. I love that that person is like that. I love that Mattress Mac down in Houston in his gallery furnitures, I love the fact that he is such a supporter of charities in Houston. But he's also he's also crazy better. You know, he bets millions of dollars on sports. And, you know, but and between his his, uh, um, you know, connecting with charities and taking care of the community and that that type of stuff between that and this crazy betting. Uh, um, I don't know if it's a it's a, a, a his own it's his own drug or something like that. That's those are stories that people tell about Mattress Mac down in down in Houston. And uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to uh, consult for him because he read my book, you know, and uh, um, so, uh, uh, you, you know, um, he read my book. You can see it's color orange. You see I'm wearing orange. Orange is our brand. And this is something that I, I tell people. You need to get anchors and triggers that will help people re- remember you, remind them of you. And uh, he had read my book. And uh, one day he was at a Houston Astros baseball game and he saw them all come running out in their orange jerseys. And he said, oh, Steve Miller, uncopyable. And he called me the next morning and hired me on the spot. Fantastic. Aren't you glad that you came on the show? Yeah, I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Um, I got plenty of dad jokes. My wife told me I should uh, tell fewer police jokes. jokes, And I said, I'll give it a rest. No worries. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Um, Okay, really quickly, like in one minute, maybe. Um, what's, what's the, um, can everyone do it? Or like, is it like, is it a skill you can learn? Or is it something you're born with? Or or how does that look? No, it's definitely something you can, you can learn, you know, and, you know, in, in, in my book on copyable, and then the follow up book, Stealing Genius, I talk, I, I show in, in the book, uh, in, in my uncopyable book, you know, I talk about how, how you can create you, how you can create a customer experience that separates you from everybody else, how you can create a brand promise, how you can, you know, how you can innovate in the way you do business with people. You might be selling a commodity, but you can completely change it, change the customer experience and their relationship with you and how they see you through these, through your, your strategy, through the, through the experience that they're going to get from you and through your brand branding promise. And then in Stealing Genius, my, my second book, I expand on that by, because that's the term that I use for going outside of your box and I and I always say, hey, don't you know? Don't just get out of your box. Build your own box. I mean, look at Disney. Look at Apple. Look at look at all these companies. They they did not follow anybody else's rules. They created their own rules of competition. They created their own experience. Space Mountain, folks, is just a roller coaster. Okay, <laughs> and it's not even a great roller coaster. <laughs> no comment. We did go to. I Disney love Spa- I love Space Mountain, and I love Disney. But I've been in Space Mountain when it stopped and all the lights came on. So it was just a roller coaster. <laughs> time, time, it was just a roller coaster. Time flies when you're having fun. That's uh, right. Steve, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank uh, you so really much quickly, much. 10 seconds. Tell us how do people connect with you and reach out to you. Well, uh, besides getting my book, which I appreciate you uh, promoting it yourself, uh, you can go to uh, our website, uh, which is B-E, uncopyable, all one word, beuncopyable.com and right there on the on the homepage you can see where you can sign up to get our our weekly newsletter so that'd be great thanks for tuning in please rate and review the business storytelling show on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode see you then